our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we're bringing you Money Confessions, a weekly series where you tell us your deepest, darkest money secrets or hot takes. You're joined today by Sim and Sonia, two best friends who have a lot to say. Let's get started. Do you think anyone's ever called us two best friends that have a lot to say? No. I don't think so. But you have to admit, it is catchy. Like it goes, it's a great intro. It also is very true. I think in our own heads, we're like, I mean, we probably don't even speak more than the average person, like realistically, but we're like, God, we're so chatty. We have so much to say. We're so opinionated. And then when people give us opinions, we're like, oh, I don't know. Like you could do what you want, really. Yeah. You know, you say that. And then the other week I sent you like four or five different voice notes or like five minutes each, you know? So I got a whole episode from Sonia and... I kind of love it when you send me voice notes, like personally, when we're talking, because I'm like, oh, a free podcast. Like, this is yeah. like Sonia's services <laughs> for free. Like, I know how much that voice costs, and I'm getting this for free. <laughs> I sent my friend, bless her, like, she's new mum, and like, we talk a lot, but I sent her like a near 20 minute one. No. All broken up, and I was like, but she sends them back. So we're good. Yeah. I think it would be very different if she was like, hey, thanks for that. And you've sent like another 20 minute voice note. But I love it. You know, when you live on the other side of the world and you're just trying to feel close to someone, I want you to know every minute of my day. When Sonia first moved to Toronto, I asked her to send me voice notes daily. And I think she got a little bit busy at one point and I got quite upset about it. I was like, I am waiting for my daily voice note. And I'm actually quite sad that you haven't sent them. Like, what do you just tell me what you're doing? I don't even need to know your thoughts or opinions. Just like, and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And Sonia's response to that was something along the lines of, I need my friends to to be like this obsessed with me. I was like, I am. Please talk to me. It's actually quite fun. It's like your weekly vlog or like weekly podcast episode to all of your friends. My One of my friends and I, we've started sending us just videos. Like this is my vlog. This is what I'm eating. And that's been fun. I love technology and human connection. Wait, you've been sending other people videos yeah, and not me? You've never sent me a video of what you're okay. eating. What are we talking about today? We're talking about betrayal. <laughs> I'm kidding. Great. We are talking about a money confession that someone really wants our perspective on, which to this day still baffles me, but let's get into it. 
Dear Sim and Sonia, I have a money confession that I would love some perspective on. I have an entry-level job with a company that I've been with for less than a year. Recently, someone on my team quit and I've been given one of their portfolios and I literally hate it. I've brought this up with my boss and we've made some menial changes to how I manage the portfolio, but it's the client that's the problem and I want absolutely nothing to do with them. I also got a raise, but I still make less than $60,000 a year. For context, this is in Canadian dollars and I work very hard. I have a good educational background and I live in Toronto, so I want to be paid more. So I've been applying to other jobs. My question to you is, should I try and stick this out so I don't look flighty or non-committal on my resume? Ideally, I'd like to get a job offer elsewhere and leverage this to get a raise at my current job and rid myself of this portfolio, but this isn't a guarantee. Is searching for a new job at this early stage in my career too big of a risk? Love the podcast and all the resources that you have for women. Thank you. I have thoughts. Okay, you just go. It is relevant and I'll get there. I'll make my point. But I just want to start off by saying that the fact that we have to constantly think about what will look good on our resume is insane. The entire job process of like getting a new job, of interviewing, interview prep, this is what you should be doing. Don't do this because this will look bad on your resume. Don't make this decision because your next employer might X, Y, Z. I feel like we are court jesters performing for the king and queen. Why is it like this? It's so hard. Like you have to even wonder, do these people even want employees or are you just going to download chat GPT to fix your problems? I understand where she's coming from and I feel bad because she is young and she is in her early stages of your career and you have to be so almost political with how you handle things at work and how what you say to your manager and you know the connections that they might have because it might impact like your next career and your resume and all of that and it's just really like overwhelming I saw a TikTok the other day of someone who was climbing up a fortune 500 company and now she's a server and she's like I'm so happy I go in I come back I'm not thinking about politics I get my money I get my tips and that's all I need and I was like wow that's what we're doing now. Anyways, I've taken a deep breath. That was a little bit much. No, it wasn't. Hey, you sharing your opinions on something that everyone is like, absolutely, I 100% agree. Why is no one like, no one said this. Why are we acting like court jesters? I will fight for you. Why <laughs> must we? I, I completely agree. Like, it's almost like the idea of having like a gun to your head and being like, if you leave this job, your life is ruined. And we tell that to like 21 year olds. And it's not true. Dude. Why are you scared of your own resume? Like a lot of people are like, I can't travel. I can't have this gap. I can't take a few months to just do whatever I want because there's going to be a gap on my resume. Because listen, you can put anything on your resume. Okay. Well, maybe not anything, but you're taking a little bit of time off to travel. You can talk about how many skills you acquired from traveling and how you're ready to go back into the job force full of energy and full of life and refresh and all the good things. There is a way to spin everything positively. And I want people to know that. And I want people to not always like focus on the, oh, but what will it look like on my resume? What will it look like when the AI bots who, you know, HR have not hired, but you know how they use like those bots mm -hmm. to like go through 
CVs and stuff nowadays. Like, what will they think? I need to get into the system. You're so young, babes. You know, take a deep breath. That's one point of contention I have. Can I move on to my second one? I'm here for it. But also this person who wrote to us, this beautiful person, has brought up with their boss that they don't want to do something, that they've been given a portfolio of someone else in the team, and she's provided that feedback. And her boss is like, yeah, that's fine, but you're still going to do it. Here, have some money. How would that make you feel, Simran? Sad. (laughs) Just sad? Annoyed. Frustrated. Let me tell you how I would feel, actually. I would feel so freaking pissed off. The idea that I've like gained all this courage to like get myself ready to have this very confrontational chat. Like I've obviously weighed up the pros and cons of like, am I going to sound whiny? It's very like, you know, it's unprofessional for me to do this. And I've been brave enough to say, you know what, this is actually so important to me and I'm going to bring it up. It's not a off the cuff on the whim conversation. I really mean this and I really want them to hear the, hear me out and to get that kind of response would break me. I also kind of want to know how the manager worded it. (laughs) Like, yeah, I really understand what you're saying. Thank you so much. You know, it's amazing to see that I've created this safe environment that you can be honest, just tooting their own horn. But but you have to do it. (laughs) You have to do it. But sorry. It's it's life. Get over it. (laughs) Yeah. In your career, you're going to do things that you don't want to do. And this is one of those things. Yeah. (laughs) That was not me. That was me playing this manager and scene. Yeah. I was like, wait, Sonia, that doesn't sound like you. Like, Sonia, come back. (laughs) And scene. I think it's so hard because she has pointed out that she lives in Toronto and rent has skyrocketed, cost of living, insane. So I do think it is a smart decision to kind of secure something before you quit, Mm -hmm. especially in the times that we're in. And I think many people around the world can relate to that and the cost of living crisis that they're living in. It's not just these big cities. What should she do, Sim? This is hard because I have grown up very traditional in my own view, in my own little head around careers. And it took me a very long time to unlearn the fear of how does it look on my resume? Like I truly think I have to, I, like the words I tell myself is like, be realistic just because I and other young people don't think that, you know, short stints on a resume is such a bad thing. Doesn't mean like older people hiring me won't. And then, then my mind goes to, well, I wouldn't want to work for a company that was so traditional and hasn't, you know, changed with the times. So I actually would have the exact, I would actually be where she is right now. I don't know what I would do. I actually don't know if I would leave because of one really annoying client because I can see myself gaslighting myself and being like, but what if I find an annoying client another job? Or what if my clients are great, but my colleagues are really annoying? Like there's always going to be hardship in whatever situation you go to. And you almost start wondering, is the hardship that I know going to be worse than the hardship that I don't know in another job? But it's always easier to talk about what someone else should do. And so if I was talking truly about myself, I don't know what I would do. If I'm speaking to what she should do, 
leverage, like, I think you have a good idea. Leverage the fact that you are employable. Leverage the fact that you know you've got a good education. This person actually can back herself. She's got so many strengths. She knows that she can ask for market rate. She knows she can actually get a job and leverage it. So do that. And if you don't get what you want from your team, well, you've actually just got another job that you can apply for. That's how I would handle it. But I'm actually really keen to know what you would do. I think the same. Yeah? I think for me, I would understand why I don't want to work with them so bad. Is it the fact that they're abusive or talking down to me and there are some things that we can't change about them? I think if there's skills that we can work on in terms of objection handling, if you will, or having a conversation with someone that is a great story to tell as someone who is concerned with their resume and to use it in interview questions or use it as experience when you handle difficult people in the future. No matter what field you're in, you are going to get annoyed with people. (laughs) There are going to be people that you know, test you and they're not going to be the easiest to work with. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people or that they are difficult, like I just said, but we're all different. I think there's ways to work on your relationship building and your relationship handling like with clients. But again, like if they're abusive, if they're just being dismissive, if they talk down to you, then those are things that you can't really change about them. But There are ways that you can handle it if you are still needing to work with them as you secure your next job. I also think I went a little bit too hard on the manager just then because I get that some alterations were made to the portfolio and as a manager you can't, like I know, you can't save your team from doing all the hard things. You do want to be a little bit balanced so I do feel for them as well. I think I just got into my feelings and I was role playing a little bit too hard. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. You know, I have to say my like pet peeve with you and I'm going to say on the podcast is you make really good points and then you backtrack and go, oh, but maybe I was too hard. Or maybe I was just in my feelings. Like, God forbid you like hold what you say to a higher standard. God forbid. It's that thing of like, I just feel like I have to over justify myself. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm better than when I was, but I still have ways to go. Is it because of how my face sits when I'm listening? I'm not even looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like my... (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, I'm either like looking at this like Google Doc or 
yeah, or yourself. Really you. <laughs> <laughs> no, or like things around me as I'm talking with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it is that. We'll blame it on that. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I have, when I listen intently, I have unfortunately not the kindest face. And that's because I'm giving it my all. Like all the energy is in my brain. It's not in my my muscles. So I don't smile when I listen in. Is it that? No. It is a personal problem that I can't blame anyone else for but myself. And you've heard it here. <laughs> you've heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> you've heard it here first. I'm going to work on it. <laughs> I don't know how you'll keep me accountable for that. I think I'll just keep bringing it up until you get sick of me saying it. Okay. Sounds good. Sorry, Sonia, that was such a tangent to the story. I, I think you've got a really, really good points. And I don't think you're being that hard on the manager. Like, I guess like in any workplace, you want someone to feel like they're taken care of. You want them to feel like, like they want you there. You want to feel appreciated. And if you're not being financially appreciated, you're not having a manager say, look, I get this is a tough client. Thank you actually so much for putting up with them. You're not getting like verbal appreciation. Why would you stay? What are you there for? What are you there for? I'm just still actually not over your analogy of like resumes and like who are we trying to impress, like the kings and queens of. It's a power trip. With who? The people sitting there, like the recruiters, I, some, okay, okay, I'm going to get. Go on. I'm going to get in trouble for this. Sometimes I imagine recruiters the same as people who give out like parking tickets, like parking wardens. It's just too much power. No one should have that much power. No. No, absolutely not. I think I love the recruitment industry. Thank you for the work that you are doing. Kisses. You didn't say that about the parking people. No, because some of that stuff I don't agree with. And do you know what? On our street, someone has a car that has like a parking warden company logo on them. And I was like, why would you advertise that? Like, why would you let people know that you do that and you live here? Yeah. I would personally leave that car parked somewhere else, not outside my house. You're asking to be egged. Yeah. Also, I just feel like it's just parking. There's go fight crime or whatever. Like, why? <laughs> so, this is so bad. But because it's getting warmer here in Toronto, the police, some police, they're in like shorts and bikes and helmets. I've seen that. I've seen that. It's such an ick. And I feel so bad. <laughs> But every time, and they like, it's not just like one police officer <laughs> riding their bike. It's like a group of them riding their bikes and their little helmets and their little uniforms and their shorts and their belts and like their shoes. And I'm just like, this is so cute. Like, how are you going to like chase someone on a cycle, on like a bicycle? Hey, stop. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Parking wardens are also on bikes too. And yeah, it's just a power play. Nothing says power like a bike. Yeah. <laughs> so in summary, what we've learned from this like money confession is when it comes to looking at jobs and it comes to deciding like, am I being paid enough? Is this something that I can stick out for the work I'm doing? There are so many factors to consider. There's obviously the resume side of it. There's the factor of like, am I trying hard enough? Am I not? But I think Sonia has really brought up some good points to take away from this. And if you're not in this position right now, I think it's still so valuable to know what you can do because these things will just continue to happen. It doesn't, you could be in the best job ever and some little hiccup can come up and you've got to start deciding 
or do I or do I not jump on this? So I think that's pretty much a great place to wrap up. If you have a money confession or question that you want, submit it through. We love hearing about it. Send us a DM or email us at hello at girls.invest.com and you may just be featured in next week's episode. Until next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.